Welcome back, lovely listeners, to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel one by one. We will be free of spoilers from future episodes, but full spoilers for any episodes that we have discussed in the past. I'm Jason, and this should go without saying, but it is rude as hell to interrupt a movie by executing an airstrike on uh, fellow moviegoers. I shouldn't have to say that, but that's a thing. Wolfram and Hart is rude. (laughs) They're really rude. Yeah. Uh, reporting live from the bottom of the ocean in a steel box, I'm Harrison. Jason, what episode are we watching today? We are watching Angel Season 3, Episode 22, tomorrow. This is the season finale Mm -hmm. of Angel Season 3. We made it! And this is the one where everybody has a happy ending, especially Angel. (laughs) I'm just kidding. This is Angel. This is Angel. Um... Uh, Angel has what looks like to be a promising future with his son, Connor. Um, Cordelia has what looks to be a promising future with a romantic relationship with Angel. And, uh... Psych! Yeah. (laughs) Gunn and Fred are there. They (laughs) exist in the episode. And and, uh, Fred eats a lot of popcorn. for her. (laughs) <laughs> love that for her <laughs> tomorrow was written and directed by david greenwald and it originally aired on may 20th 2002 hit it all right jason you brought us a bottle today. Would you like to tell the beautiful people what we're drinking? This was a Christmas gift from my mom. Uh, my mom and I, uh, before, like, uh, my mom used to go to uh, wineries all the time with my dad. However, um, uh, my dad can't drink alcohol anymore, so she goes with me. Nice. Um, and uh, and for Christmas, she got both my brother and I bottles of wine uh, and this one is 1,000 Stories. It is a bourbon barrel-aged red, the Gold Rush red. So um, California, it's based in California, so it makes sense, Gold Rush. Nice. Um, but yeah, and uh, the reason that the reason, listeners, that I'm not drinking this with my mom and drinking it with Harrison instead is because my mom does not like dry wines at all. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows that she knows that I do though. I I like pretty much any wine that isn't a dry white. Dry okay. whites don't do anything for me. Nice. Um, but I love I love a dry red, and uh, nobody else in my family does. So <laughs> like I'm bringing this to Booze and Buffy. Nice. I know it'll be appreciated here. I like most wines except for sweet reds. Okay, like I can do a sweet white. Um, that's that's not too bad, but like a sweet red kind of makes my stomach hurt. Like mm. dry dry whites, I only use in cooking. Like mm. the last time I bought a bottle of dry white was when I was making mushroom risotto. Nice. And uh, yeah, I believe it was Pinot. No, it wasn't Pinot Grigio. It was uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Well, Jason, would you like to toast us? Yeah, sure. Um. Here is to 
getting over all the crap that's been happening the last couple of weeks. I know it's been a journey for both of us. Fuck yes. Cheers to that. Oh, that's very nice. Yes, it is. It's delicious. Yeah, mm. there, there's just a little bit of sweetness to it, too. Yeah, but not too much. Yeah, like, no, it's like, like... It's like yeah. a sweet aftertaste. Yeah, it's just kind of like, hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. Hi. Hi there. I hope you're enjoying this wine. <laughs> Drink me. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, it's very good to see you again. It is, I, yeah. Did we, we, our last episode was in the new year, correct? It was like maybe... I don't even remember. It had to have been early January, but yeah. we have been... It has been... A, a, a forced hiatus almost. Yeah. And What's I, been going on with you? I do, you know, and I do apologize to the listeners. We've been, the schedule's been a little erratic. It's just been, for me specifically, I know it's been several months that have just been like, you know, we went on our trip, which was amazing, but we never got a real recovery after it. Like, literally, John went back to work the day we got back. Um, and, you know, he his... his job they had a show that weekend i had a show the weekend we got back and then you know we both had immediately after that started prepping for our jobs as christmas shows which are big deal they and they take you know that was all of our december you know uh, john worked every single day in december until christmas eve christmas eve was the last day he had off or that he or christmas day was the first day he had off the entirety of december Hear that, guys? John is actually one of Santa's elves. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yeah, and then on top of that, December is already stressful with the holidays. And, you know, we were traveling for Christmas, and then when we got back, we were off work for a week, but we had to do Christmas with my par- my family. And, like, my brother, we had a wedding celebration for him, for the people who couldn't go to his wedding. And then, um, you just, and then we, um, it was right after Christmas that we recorded it okay. Was the, it was the. It was that Thursday that we right. got back from Christmas. That's oh, so we haven't even done a two a twenty twenty four yeah. episode. Yeah. Happy New Year, Happy everybody! New so then, like New Year's Eve, my brother who lives in Tennessee really wanted us to take him and his wife out because um, they did last year. They were in Romania and they spent their Christmas Eve apparently in a rainy field in a tent. Um, for army reasons. Um, so they went, so, you know, I was like, of course we'll take you all out so you can have a, a good new year's as their first as a married couple. And then, and then this month has been really busy at work. I've had some family who've had some health issues, like nothing super serious, but it's just like, it has just felt like an onslaught and I have not had time to take a fucking breath. And yeah, it's just been, it's been so stressful and I've just been under the weather a lot because I've been so stressed out and yeah. And then you were going through it too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if you remember my last episode, I mentioned how I had a bit of a lingering cold boy did that cold linger like all the way until, uh, the Thursday before last. So two, well, two weeks ago today. Um, and, uh, (laughs) that day, I was like, I finally got over my cold, but then later that night, I got food poisoning. And I did not realize that food poisoning lasts longer than 24 hours. So I spent like a solid week just eating uh, soup and and crackers and drinking uh, green tea, which has probiotics to help with digestion. It was bad. And like, honestly, I'd rather have the cold because... I um, 
uh, might be a little too TMI for the podcast, but the thing that I hate most of, to be sick with is stomach and digestive mm-hmm. stuff. I hate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was not great. And, um, and also work has been just a wild ride. We'll yeah. say that. And not a fun one in lieu of Mr. Toad, yeah. unless you count like the part where you're driving the car into hell. <laughs> Cause it, that's what work has felt like. Uh, so, um, but we're back. We're, we're back. happy to be back. We're gonna do not, our best. Not, to yeah, end not this not this not this not that great of an episode, <laughs> but uh, you know what? Yeah, we carry it's on. Just, it's just so frustrating that you know it felt like the season started off with such an energy, and you know we carried through Darla's pregnancy arc, which had some such great stuff, and then you know through Baby Connor and all and his him being on the show, and through all the Wesley stuff, and it was just like. The season had such a momentum going and going and going, and it felt like the moment that Connor came back, it's just been like, it's just been so dull and lifeless, yes. and I can't even blame that entirely on Connor, um, but this episode is just such a, kind of a sad little wet fart to end the season on. I was wondering if you were going to say wet fart, because I was <laughs> I in that my, a lot? well, in my mind, you must, because in my <laughs> mind I was thinking like, Oh, we need to like work it out. This is just kind of a wet fart in the season. <laughs> I, I wonder. That makes me think of that um, the the Thirty Rock episode where the Milf Island episode where they're trying to figure out who said Jack Donaghy could eat my poo, and it was Liz. <laughs> and, and Jack has a line at the end where he because he knew all along. He's like, "You say that phrase a lot." <laughs> I honestly think that you have referenced that Milf Island episode of 30 rock more than anything else in this in top like throughout the history of this podcast i there's a very good like, chance yeah I, no i mean it's i like, think that is you referencing that is me bitching about how how i met your mother and did <laughs> <laughs> which by the way i'm just kidding <laughs> while i've got you here, while the mics are on um but you know what let's talk let's, about this let's episode about Let, let's see what it. let's see there is one specific thing that I really do enjoy in this episode, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, we open up with the Grusalog, and uh, he is trying to be nice and um, bringing uh, what I don't even like remember mock what the talk or something. Yeah, I'll, like yeah, like mock talk or lock talk or something. Basically, it's mud. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's mud with assorted grasses. Um, but uh, not the grasses and herbs that grow in Pylea. So when he presents it to Cordelia, she's like, oh, so it's like mock mock talk, <laughs> which, yeah, that's funny. Um, but yeah, he makes this as like a soothing beverage. Um, but, you know, Cordelia and Cordelia's being super nice because um, so she drinks the mud <laughs> and uh, it's not good. Don't drink mud, people. Yeah, like if your if your significant other serves you mud, or if you date Shailene Woodley and she makes you eat dirt, <laughs> which is a real thing. I know, I know. Um, it's like, you know, at first I was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers dating her, like that's gonna be super weird for Aaron Rodgers. But you know what? Now who's the weird one? Ugh. <laughs> oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, if your significant other serves you mud or dirt or anything, 
be secure in your relationship enough to tell them, I don't want to eat dirt. I don't want to drink mud. Unless you do want to eat yeah, dirt. Yeah, no, if like, you want to. Go for it. If you want to, go for it. It's just that I don't know anyone that wants to eat dirt or drink mud <laughs> aside from Shailene Woodley. Yeah. I do need to compliment the Grusalug, though, on his plating. You know, oh, what yeah. was in the glass looked disgusting, but everything else looked lovely. Yeah, and it, like garnishing around with the herbs that you used, A+. Plus. A plus. <laughs> Contents of the glass, probably F. Yeah. It's mud. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a... Like it's like something like, like a, a top chef or master chef or something. It's like, your plating is incredible, <laughs> but you literally served us mud. <laughs> so, you're going home. Um, but yes, uh... And, you know, Grooselog is doing his best. He's been doing his best for the past few episodes. But, I mean, you know, he he eventually, like, reads the writing on the wall. Yeah. And um, you, you can see his frustration when Cordelia says Angel. And, um, and he says, that is not who I am, princess. But it is because she sees Angel come in. Yeah. Angel informs Cordelia that he had his meeting with Holtz. And Holtz said that... Stephen should live with him, gives him the letter to give to Stephen, which Angel has read. All this happened in the last episode. However, what also happened at the end of the last episode was Connor discovering uh, Holtz's dead body uh, because Justine helped Holtz die. Um, did she actually kill him or did he kill himself? Like, assisted suicide? Is that what this is? She did it. Okay. Yeah. Um, he, like, held her hand or whatever while she did it. I- by the way, the Buffy Wiki, this yeah. is a scant episode I'm looking, I'm summary. I'm at the summary, too. So gonna I'm going to have to, like, really use my <laughs> noggin to remember all the details. Um, uh, it's... I mean, it's it's honestly kind of poetic that this plot summary is so thin. Because <laughs> this plot... I mean, it, it's hard to even say that there is a plot in this episode. It's just things that happen. Yeah, and... I guess one of my major things about this is that it it seemed that living with Holtz in the hell dimension would have given him enough time to brainwash and poison Connor towards Angel. Like, I, I feel that this extra little bit of, like, you know, dying and making Connor think that it was him it's just weird it, it it's really weird and like and, and i don't know if it's like if it's all the christianity that holtz poured into connor that made him think like oh you shouldn't harm an innocent he's already said that angel isn't an innocent he's told yeah. him constantly that angelus is a monster so it, it, it's they need holtz to not be in the story anymore i mean that is true but they can't have angel kill him mm-hmm it, it, this, so. is just, this is just it, it seems so roundabout in yeah. getting to there um, but uh, uh, Lore, uh, so Angel's excited he's going into different um, rooms in the hotel to pick one out and uh, Cordelia can just kind of sense his excitement um, he's also nervous uh, but Cordelia tells him like you have the biggest heart of anyone that I know I mean in fairness most of the people she knew before she came to LA were pretty shitty. Yeah, shallow <laughs> AF. Uh, and 
that you can like tell that there's just this loving bond between mm -hmm. them and it's also very obvious that like that bond is not between her and the Grusel yeah. anymore. There's uh there's a there's an intimacy here, like an emotional intimacy and a bit and some domesticity. Like they the way they are acting, if I if I saw them without any context of who these people were, I saw them in a store, you know, interacting in this way, I would have been like, yeah, they're married. Mm -hmm. Like um their their relationship especially at this point even though it hasn't turned uh you know fully romantic up till this point they have built such an intimacy with one another and um in a way that like angel never really had the opportunity to do with buffy um and cordy's only significant yeah, other it, love interest was Xander. So. Yeah, it, it is interesting because, I mean, like you said, the Buffy was kind of love at first sight mm -hmm. for both of them, yeah. really. Fire, uh, passion. Yeah. Like... And also, like, um, Buffy's was very young love. Mm -hmm. Cordelia's still young, but, I mean, she's also an adult compared to Buffy in season one. She beat Cordelia's 21 at this point probably um we know she was 18 as of the prom i would assume she's so, yeah. the same age as buffy yeah um so yeah uh and like you said this is um this is a relationship that started off well if we're talking about buffy started off like as absolutely nothing yeah and Hello, then salty goodness yeah and then uh well apart from like you know the <laughs> um, but I mean, let's be honest. You look at David Boreanaz, you're yeah. gonna go. Man, man can still get it. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> there's a reason he's still starring in TV shows. David, David, if you're listening, if you're listening. <laughs> I mean, you can do what you want with your life. But maybe once Seal Team ends, take a year, just a year. The man has literally. We've mentioned this before. I know, but I, I just, it blows my mind that... It is crazy. He has been starring. He has been a series regular on a television show since season two of Buffy. Yeah. And he has been the lead since, since Angel. Angel. Um, and Bones was what, 12 seasons? At least. Yeah. I and, know it was over 10. Yeah. And then Seal Team is on like, it's sixth or something. Yeah. Um, C CBS TV show, and he'll probably be on that for quite a while because... Uh, once you get past like that first or second season on CBS, you're and you're a drama. <laughs> yeah, you're you're there. Yeah, um, he. Uh, yeah, it's wild. Um, uh, but yeah, good and, for him. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, like that that relationship, you know, started off as technically started off as like employer and employee. Mm -hmm. Then like the friendship grew around it. And then, like, that friendship has really turned into, like, you know, feelings of affection and love. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I still ship Buffy and Angel. Um, I still think that they would work together where they, like, where they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, even though something may come along to say otherwise. <laughs> uh, but... Um, I think that's more outside stuff, not between the two of them. Yeah. But, you know, you mentioned before 
um, in like our spoiler chat, because uh, we can now talk about yeah. this, um, that you are a Cordelia Angel shipper. Yeah. And obviously, like amongst amongst Buffy fans, you don't hear that. Like that's almost <laughs> blasphemy, but. I feel that we up do to exist. The, I feel that <laughs> there are literally dozens of us. I feel that up to this point, that is a legitimate shipping, yeah. and they have earned the affections that both feel towards each other. Mm-hmm. That has built up and really come to a head in this season. Yeah, which, yeah. Uh, I mean, don't get too excited, <laughs> uh, listeners. But I can't get. Very excited. Not for this. Season, <laughs> not for season four, but for the discussions we shall have. Yeah. The curse words we will invent. Yeah. Um, honestly, like, I, I have the dread of seeing Angel season four now that I had for seeing Buffy season four. <laughs> Except that, like, you know, I remember a lot about Buffy season four, and I remember, like, the broad strokes of Angel season four. It's not great. <laughs> but uh, uh, Lauren does show up to say that he is uh, eventually like um, getting out of town. Um, and uh, he, he has a friend who's hooking him up with a job in Las Vegas. Yeah. Which is kind of perfect for Lauren. Uh, and Cordy's Cordy, like, Cordy, Cordy why, don't you, why don't you try rebuilding your club here? He's like, well, you know, I would, but then you guys show up. And she's like, it's only been... Three times. <laughs> so, okay. So, I'm... There's... Gun's old crew. Gun's old crew. Uh, there's the... the um, Darla. Darla giving birth. birth. What's the other one? Because Darla giving birth, the destruction when that happened, that was the last one. Yeah. That was, that was it. I feel like there was something at the end of season two. Or, like, in season two. Possibly, um, yeah. It's... How many times? (laughs) I'll say, you keep going with the plot while I I find this out. Um, But yeah, so uh, when Angel comes down the stairs, um, he does uh, notice that that, uh, Gunn and Fred have come back without Connor. And and he's like, are you serious? Like, (laughs) well, you know... We didn't know he had super hearing and could, and he went to go find Holtz when um, he heard that, uh, as we saw in the last episode, that uh, that Angel was going to talk with him. Uh, and Angel just seems like all he's going to find is an empty room. And uh, Connor, after having, and we see Connor like looking at Holtz's body. Justine says, "Oh, I'll help you kill him." And uh, Connor's like, "No." Um, he and Justine go to a field um, that uh, Justine says looks like where Holtz came from, England, uh, which Connor only knows through the descriptions of Holtz. But he also talks about the uh, farm, the ranch, mm-hmm. that was the initial plan for the three of them to go. However, Connor said that when Holtz talked about it, it was just going to be him and him oh. and him and Connor and Justine notices this and what did I say I said something very funny you um, said uh, I love it when bad things happen to her 
I do. <laughs> I have I have such a level of Schadenfreude with this character that like I don't know that I have with like and maybe it is that per- that shit is perpetually happening to her. So it's like <laughs> I can I just get what I want a lot out of this. But she's just such a bland, boring character. And there's nothing. She's not giving me anything. Yeah. I don't give two wet farts about her. <laughs> there you go. Um, I feel like you did that on purpose, though. <laughs> um, we, we have a brief, and I apologize if like some of these scenes are out of order. Normally, the Buffy wiki is pretty good about this, but we again, we have broad strokes yeah. in this uh, synopsis. But we do get a scene with um, Lila showing up uh, to once again try to convince a very sexy brooding Wes Mm-hmm. To uh, like, and I mentioned to Harrison, the sadder that Wes gets, the hotter he looks. Yes, the more facial hair he gets. Yeah, um, Lila is uh, again trying to say that uh, you know she talks about Connor, how nothing's ever happened before, how nothing like this has ever happened before, and Wes is like, uh, you know, you can look up any mythology and even Darwin, and that like posits like an impossible occurrence happening yeah and um while lila deftly um uh makes a house of cards out of sugar packets which is impressive very impressive yes um she keeps saying like oh i want to like you know we want you at wolfman heart and wesley's like leave uh so Connor burst. Don't forget, she's like, "How does it feel when she cut your throat?" Oh yeah. And he like grabs her by the neck, and he's like, "Do you want to find out?" Yeah. And her ovaries just <laughs> spilled everywhere. <laughs> I don't know how ovaries. Work. You really don't. <laughs> I really don't know. But there, it was a geyser down there. Oh, we almost forgot about uh, when when the Grusalog uh, offer like gave that um, mock. Huh. To- mock talk or whatever to to um cordelia he also offered to massage her schlecta or something Schlug tea maybe yeah like whatever. something that it sounded, sounded re- filthy <laughs> which cordelia immediately assumed and you know we can say it here even though you can't say that on network tv which cordelia immediately assumed it massage her vulva and uh and so she's like wait a minute i, I don't feel comfortable doing that at work and uh, and uh, she's like, you know, the sex thing. And, and Groot's logs is like, oh, I'm into massage your neck muscles. Uh, but I am, it is always a pleasure to make the yes. sex with you. Because it's an honor. <laughs> it's, it's always and, an honor to make the sex with you. And he is correct. I mean, yeah. Also, I mean... I, I, mean, that, I mean, look at Chris McHarpin. <laughs> I get it. You know, not feeling comfortable having sex in the office. You know. But the they work in a literal hotel. Like you could just could find go, a room. They could literally go get a room. room. <laughs> uh, you know, just make sure it's not like the one next to Angel's or the one next to Fred's. You know. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Angel and Fred live on the same floor, or if they have different I, or different floors. I would think that they live on the same floor because. I think, like, when Fred chose her room, she probably specifically wanted it on the same floor as Angel for protection. I would imagine that was true at the beginning of the season. 
I could I could see maybe though now that she's more comfortable in her own skin. Well, and, maybe... rem- and remember, but they also like you know painted her room and everything. Oh, that's true. So they did. The, they have the All personal right. touches. Um, so I don't think she's right next door yeah. to Angel. Oh, but we know Angel has moved because his old room exploded. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. That is a thing that happened. Um, Connor does eventually show up at the hotel, and uh, Angel gives him the letter, and Connor says that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I almost forgot like about the end of the just end of the scene where they're going to bury Holtz. Um, Connor is afraid that like because he got the vampire bite that he'll rise and start transitioning, and. Uh, and so you get a look of panic on Justine's face because, and you get like a little flashback to, like you know her killing Holtz. Yeah. And uh, but that's when um, Connor like you know pulls out a sword and cuts him up. Yeah. Um, which uh, you know prevents that from happening. Yeah. Connor goes to the hotel. Connor um, uh, reads the letter and tells him that he wants to stay, or that he he will stay with Angel. And so Angel like you know picks out a room. And, uh, you know, he, Angel is ecstatic. He's yeah. really excited to get this opportunity. Um, he goes into, uh, like, the room that Connor has chosen with a bookshelf of uh, books that he liked when he was his age, which I can only assume are like super old. <laughs> like, Robinson Crusoe, probably. And, travels. Yeah. Um, also, I'm sorry. Angel's a fucking liar. We know... He was not reading. He was out <laughs> drinking and whoring. He didn't well, start reading until he became evil. Well, keep in mind, he, his drinking and whoring could have started when he was a little older than Connor is Fair now. Enough. Fair enough. Um, I'd, pick, I'd pick Connor at like maybe 15 or so. Oh, I think he's supposed to be 18. Oh, he is? Oh, never mind then. Oh, no. He's definitely 18. I know because a certain episode in season four goes out of its way to make sure you know he's eighteen. All right, before okay something. Fair enough. Now let's let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Angel is Angel's again like very excited, um, and uh, he wants to like he asks Connor if he wants to eat. He says like, oh, you know, we can go out and get some food. Um, but then he notices the sunlight, uh, nice visual, and uh, he says, oh, I'm, you know, uh, I'd have to wear a burqa or something. Uh, but he does, like, say, like, hey, what about a movie? Um, have you ever seen a movie? Like, we'll see an action movie. You'll love it. And um, and Connor says, there's one thing that I want to do. And he's like, what? And then he, like, attacks Angel. Angel, like, easily parries um, his attack. He's like, I want to learn that. I want to learn how to fight. I was so sure when he went for the attack that it was like a fake out and we were going to cut back and like it was just Connor's imagination. I'm so glad that's not what happened. Yeah. That would have been so fucking cheesy. Yeah. I mean, got, it was a fake out, but just not. We've got, we've got plenty of cheesiness in this episode. Yeah, but then bad. we have a, um, you know, one of those sweet scenes, bittersweet really. Yeah. Um, to see like Connor and Angel having this good time doing what they do like what they're best at together Mm -hmm. and angel feeling like really good about it and uh and he um 
but we also know that like deep down this isn't real oh bullshit yeah um Uh, i love this i do love this scene this like the sparring scene it's a lot of fun like you know fred wants to be the vampire (laughs) so cute but it is like seeing all you know seeing angel and cordy and gun and fred like having this domestic moment with connor i mean yes it is sad because we know it's not real but like in the moment i'm very happy for all four of them for this and and if like if the storyline were more effective it would like it would have it would help with the weight it Mm -hmm. does help with the weight it's just that like the actual um ending resolution doesn't (laughs) help with the weight uh um angel asks if uh if Cordy wants to come with them to the movie. And uh, she said, um, and originally she said yes, but then she's like, oh no, I can't. I need to have some us time with the Grusalog. Yeah. We scheduled some sex for later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's so telling the way that how enthusiastic her yes to the invitation is, and then how kind of almost bummed she seems when she has to backtrack it. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't blame Angel? Drew Select for being salty. <laughs> also, shout out to uh, Mark Lutz. Mark Lutz for salty Grusalug. He is he gets some like zingers in <laughs> during this episode, and I like seeing that uh, that kind of saltier side of him. You well, that, that's kind of like most of you. Fair enough. So he <laughs> loves singing in others. Um, when Angel goes back up to uh, to his room to like get ready, uh, that's when Lorne comes in. And says that he like got the job. He's on his way out, and he wanted to give Angel one uh, an album of his songs, songs for the songs for love for songs for the love Lorne, um, which is fantastic, I great love title. Um, but he also then says that his real gift is that the way that Angel feels about Cordelia, Cordelia feels the same way about him. Yeah, and then we get this. Very strange, like... Well, first they do the the sound of that is associated with transitions. Yeah. But it's not a real transition. It's not, because it's just like... The camera does like a weird zoom around. Yeah, the because at the same time, Cordelia's so coming home to her apartment. Um, she's brought the Grusalog, his favorite, tuna and ice cream, which she requests that he doesn't mix this time. <laughs> uh, and the Grusalog uh, looks at her... And he just has this sad, sad look on his face. And they try to make it that Lorne and the Grusalog are saying basically the same thing to both Angel and Cordelia. And it's really cheesy. It is. It's not great. I, I've i never been a big fan of this. Really, I can't, I'm, I can't think of a time... Because this is a device that's used every now and yeah. again in movies and TV shows. But I can't think of a time where it's actually good. Now, if you're like... If you're doing a um, a person talking about a person like talking and giving like this revelation while something else is happening, like mm-hmm. the event is happening, like transitioning back and forth, like um, Lost was really good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking like the season five finale where it's revealed that um, you know the box that Locke was brought in, yeah, what still had his body in it. Ugh. Um, and, and at the same time, who we thought was Locke 
Um, You're giving me chills. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's awesome. That was the season five finale, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and I feel kind of bad because we want to do a Lost podcast <laughs> after this, and I may have just thrown in a huge spoiler. So hopefully you all will forget that by the time we get to it. We said no spoilers for Buffy. That is true. No spoilers for Buffy or Angel. But no, that is good. Yeah. This, I, I honestly can't think of. I feel like this device works better in comedy. Fair um, enough. Yeah, like it because because when I'm looking at this, I'm I'm looking at how forced it feels. How the writers have really gone out of their way to to, to make this happen, as opposed to it feeling natural. Whereas I feel like if it's using for used for comic effect, then I'm just laughing at the joke if it's funny. Yeah. Like, um, but this, I mean, they literally, at one point, someone says, you finish these editors, and it cuts to the other going, sentences. sentences. I almost said sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was going (laughs) to say. But, yeah, it's, I would have much preferred this just be a scene between Angel and Lorne, and then we get a quick condensed version actually, of it between actually if anything I I think that it should be between Cordy and the Grusalaw really? that should be the premier one because Angel knows how he feels about Cordelia that's a good Cordelia point. is getting help to the realization mm-hmm. that this is actually I feel like this is like the discovery for her um, yeah as opposed to like Angel who finds out that she has those feelings for him. Yeah. I, you know what? I agree with you. I think I was looking at it more from this, from the perspective that overall Lauren's just a more important character than the group. Fair enough. Love. Yeah. So I was thinking of it in those terms. I almost kind of, honestly, it might have been better if we didn't have the scene with Angel and Lauren at all. And it was Lauren who helped. We get a scene between Lauren and Cordy where she he starts the process of getting her there. But you also and then the can't. Yeah, I was about to say like yeah, you can't really do that because it has to be between Cordy and the Grusalog because he's been the one who's been noticing all of mm-hmm. this. And um, and anyway, it ends with um, Angel being extremely excited and the Grusalog being extremely sad. Yeah, and um, you know he has his stuff packed up and leaves. And uh, that is that is the stranger to this dimension. It is true. That is the last time that we see the Grusalog in the series on in on on television. Okay, yeah. The Grusalog does make some. uh, I remember making some appearances in the in the comics, but you know we we don't really like. While the comics are considered canon, it's not something that we discuss here on the Reggae. And quite frankly, this isn't really a discussion you and I have had, but. I really feel no need to. Yeah. Once we get to the end of the shows, for me, that feels like... No, yeah. Like, the, 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 it is the logical conclusion for each show. Yeah. Um, but, I've read uh, season, the Buffy season 8 comics. Did not love them. <laughs> there were parts of it that I liked. There, there were parts of it that were yeah. good. It really went off the rails. Um, I read through some of, some of the stuff about the season 9 comics, and it did feel like, from what I read... They kind of realized and mm-hmm. scaled it back a bit yeah. more. I've heard that the season nine comics are better, but I don't know. I, I might visit them one day, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's um, 
That's a serious yeah, wrap that, that, on the Grusalog. Grusalog. And, uh, yeah, I was telling Harrison, I always forget how much of the Grusalog is in this season. Um, and, you know, we've mentioned it before, we'll say it again. Grusalog is a really good person. Mm-hmm. We love him. Um, it's just that he's unfortunately that person that Cordy has to be with to realize mm-hmm. that she has the feelings for Angel that she does. I do think the show has done a good job, though, at making the Grusalug a, um, even though, yes, he is the romantic false lead for Cordy, I, I do, you know, he's not the most three-dimensional character, but they've given him qualities for uh, me to like and to root for, um, and to not just be going, uh, dump this loser already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, even though I do want Cordy and Angel to get together, I do feel bad for the Grusalog. And yeah, I just pulled up, he is in seven episodes of this season. Um, so, like, a good third of the season he's, he's in. Um, and, you know, sorry, I'm, like, I'm also looking through, like, the continuity section of, uh, of this episode. And if you do check out the Buffy wiki while we, when we talk about it don't read the continuity section because they are not afraid to throw details from future episodes in there yeah. so there's your spoilers right there <laughs> um so uh the so angel connor uh fred and gun had to make sure i got all those names right <laughs> uh they go to a drive-in movie to see uh what was it oh, courage under fire courage under fire courage yes. under fire a movie that uh, i've only heard the title of don't know anything about uh harrison looked it up and apparently it stars denzel washington and meg ryan yeah um it also had like philip blue diamond and like matt damon yeah um, oh, really? oh. it looked um it, it looked like a kind of a run-of-the-mill military movie um uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe based, eventually. I'll see based it. on the reviews I was seeing, I um, we might. I think maybe we were just seeing a very action-heavy yeah. moments in it. But it, it has like an eighty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It was. I'm not, sure it's. I'm sure it's a fine film. I'm sure it's a fine film. Yeah, I sound like such an asshole <laughs> when I say that. No, you're, it's it's funny. It's, um, you so there's a lot of there's a lot of like movie opinions going around and a lot of. Things being flung around at the moment uh, in wake of the Oscar nominations and Oive, it's just it's a lot, yeah, and a lot of people having a lot of feelings, and that's okay. Um, but also a lot of people just sharing blatant nonsense. Yeah, like, like uh, th- yeah, they're 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 uh, they're posting with their hearts and not yeah. with their heads. <laughs> yes. Um, but Jason anyway, we were texting about this the other day, and we, I was just like, it, like in that, like I'm not, I'm, I'm saying this is a bit of a joke, but it's also like been being like psychologically studied. Like social media is so bad for us. It is like it is so bad for us psychologically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. anyway, uh, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. News <laughs> <laughs> and Buffy. They had to spell out A and B. In all fairness, we we only use social media to promote the show. Yes. We do not use it to express our opinions. That's what the show is for. That's right. um, yeah, I think I'll have a little more too. Um, but uh, 
so they go to the seat of the drive-in, which is pretty dope. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Connor's actually pretty into the movie. Yeah. Because this is the first movie that he's ever seen in his life. I really like the part where he gets, like, kind of startled. And um, they're just like, it's okay. It's it's just, it's, you know, it's all fake. And then when the Wolfram and Hart helicopter shows up, yeah. he's just like, oh, how'd they do that? <laughs> <laughs> Which, and... I, I really struggle with Connor as a character. I, I I find that he often reacts in ways that I just don't make sense from like a writing perspective or from the perspective of the backstory that's given to us about him. But this makes perfect sense. Yeah, he's reassured that it's all fake. It's not. So when the helicopter appears, he'd be like, he would assume, oh, that's this is part of it. Yeah. Like, but uh, yes, Wolfram and Hart has uh, organized a. Operation to abduct Connor, and this is done through the observation of a of a van, like literally right in front of Angel's car, in which um, Linwood and uh, Gavin are um, spying on him. Linwood's just pissed. He's like, <laughs> "Tie me up, threaten me, but then let me go." No, sir. But uh, you should have killed me when you had the chance. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you, Gadget. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, they're Angel, Connor, um, and Gun fight off a lot of the guys. Uh, Fred, Fred is on popcorn. Uh, Fred does kick a guy in the nards, though. I love that. Um, which, uh, which Gun immediately thanked her for, which love them. What do you like? I think this fight scene's good. Um, I, the, but. Oh, the helicopter of it just seems so silly and over the top. Well, I mean, honestly, you look at how Linwood is acting. That's also Fair silly enough. and over the top. Like, he he's very much trying to, uh, like, hit a nail in with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, he kind of sucks anyway. Yeah. So. It just doesn't feel like an effective way of kidnapping someone. <laughs> what you a toxic in, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, um, in, uh, fucking, um... That very famous movie, um, North by Northwest, where... Oh, the, that he's being chased by the plane? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> come on. There are easier ways to kill someone. This is very ineffective. <laughs> like, just, although I do think that might be a plot point in the movie is that they go... I've only seen it the one time, so it's, it's been a while. It, same here. So I might be conflating this with another movie, but I do think it is a plot point that like... They purposely do this like over the top way of trying to kill him because when he tries to tell other people that it's happening, they're like, "That's nuts!" Like, is that um, is that your favorite Hitchcock movie or no. is Psycho? No, my favorite Hitchcock movie is probably it's kind of a three way tie between Psycho, Rear Window, and Rope. Okay, with Rear Window, probably Rear Window is my favorite. Like, <laughs> for me, Psycho and Rear Window are tied for second. My favorite's actually Notorious. I've not seen that one. I have the Criterion Blu-ray of it. I will lend it to you sometime. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I love Rear Window. Like, no, it's great. Um, and and I know this is not the main takeaway of the film, but every time I watch it, I'm just like, Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly. We love Jim Kelly, Fred Astaire, <laughs> Ginger Rogers, Dance on Air. They had style. They had grace. Rita Hayworth gave good face. Uh, but no, she's just so. I feel beautiful. like I know way more words to that song than I should. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I just I like her 
costumes in that movie and just like her whole situation. She's gorgeous. She's and the character's like smart and funny and like and um she and James Stewart have really good chemistry mm-hmm. and I love that movie. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> they don't kidnap Connor. Yeah, they, they don't. Um, Linwood remarks how he was, uh, every time I say Linwood, it sounds like I'm starting to say Lin-Manuel Miranda, <laughs> but just taking a hard left turn. Uh, but Linwood said that he wasn't counting on Connor trying to defend Angel the way that he is. Um, Connor, uh, yeah, like, uh, Angel opens up, like, the the door of the van and like throws and grabs Linwood and uh you know then Connor like comes at him and uh Linwood says like oh we're only trying to help you Steven and he's like my name is Connor which you know Angel's like (gasps) (laughs) and then Connor smirks and I hate it Uh, yeah um Vincent Carthriser has an unfortunate smirk uh, which I, he I, uses in both this scene and also the scene where he's like uh, beating up Angel in the, on the beach. Yeah, I I have not watched Mad Men, but I imagine that that smirk served him very well. No, yeah, show. like I I, I started wa- I started watching Mad Men again. Um, I believe I would start watching it right around the time we did our last Angel mm-hmm. episode because yeah, I mentioned Vincent yeah. Carthriser on it, um, and yeah, like. This go around, um, I'm picking up much more on the subtleties of his character, and um, at least how Pete starts off. Pete is the name of his character in Mad Men. Mm-hmm. At least how he starts off, very much works in favor of Vincent Carthriser's acting abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited to see where that character yeah. ends up. I, you know, I, I, I plan on watching Mad Men uh, as well, probably soon, um, but. You know, I've, I've never been particularly impressed by him on Angel, but it's also, I've always been like, I don't think it's a him problem. It's a, no, it's a I don't, I don't problem. think so either. Yeah, like that. I think it really just didn't work with how, Con- with how adult Connor is depicted. Yeah. Um, and we've mentioned this before. Uh, when Angel gets back to the uh, when Angel when Angel Connor Gun and uh, God John's home yeah I didn't hear him come in oh okay I just, uh, I just heard the coughing I'm like oh that's gotta be John I it scared the hell out of me <laughs> fair enough you're you're allowed to be freaked out um uh the the movie group comes back to the hotel. Um, Angel is so happy that he is whistling. Um, and Red's like, Gu- happy. Gu- Gun is like just freaked out. Um, and that's when, um, oh, and it's very important to say that, uh, when, um, Lauren was telling Angel about the way that Cordelia feels about him, he said, it's okay to hope that things are going to think that things are going to work out. And the show tells us that it's clearly not <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, we all need a friend like Lorne. We do. But no, I, I, it did make me laugh when it was like, oh, honey, sweetie baby. Not on this show. You don't know that you're on a Joss Whedon show. <laughs> and with that said, though, I 
Joss Whedon does have a reputation. <laughs> does he ever have a reputation? But <laughs> he has a reputation. Not that reputation. Yeah. He has a reputation for like kind of being almost allergic to letting his characters be happy. And that is true to an extent. But I think people do need to realize that that was kind of a symptom of this era of television. Yeah. Like, that was very... I remember um, the revival of Veronica Mars. Um, You've not watched Veronica Mars, right? Do you have any care if I give some spoilers? No, go for it. So, in the fourth season, the revival season, um, it, which I think was pretty good, um, but... Was this before or after the movie? This was after the movie. Right. So you had the three seasons of the show, then the movie in 2014, um, and then the revival limited series in 2019. So, big part of the show... Um, was the relationship, the very tumultuous relationship between Veronica and Logan, who's played by, I can't remember that actor's name, but um, he was the school bad boy, and mm. um, and they they started off hating each other, and then, you know, he, his character goes through a pretty impressive arc over the course of the show and into the movie, and by the time of the revival series... There, like, he's got like, gone, gotten all this therapy and, like, has really worked on himself. And he, the show, at the end of the season, he and Veronica are in, like, a really good place. They get married. And then in the last minutes of the last episode, he is killed. Damn. And it's, and it was, I remember watching it and going, that was, like, it was bad storytelling. And I was like, it was, he was literally just drama for drama's sake, drama for drama's sake. And then Rob Thomas, the creator of the show, not Rob Thomas of, uh, Matchbox 20. Um, he was like the interviews, he was like, I just don't know how to write Logan and Veronica happy together. So I don't think that's very interesting. Them happy together. And I was like, well, that's a you problem, (laughs) but I, but it's like, but it is indicative because he is, he was a TV writer of this era of the nineties and early two thousands where, yeah, that like you, the idea that characters could be ha- characters being happy was boring TV was so prevalent. Yeah, um, I, I I think of um uh the David Tennant seasons of Doctor Who, um you know Rose, uh-huh. um Donna, yeah, and um one could argue even uh like in the Stephen Moffat era, um Bill, mm-hmm. and, which they made fun of in <laughs> uh in a recent special episode. Um, with the uh, 14th Doctor, but yeah, uh, with, uh, you know, Bill, Clara, and Amy. Well, that's okay, man! <laughs> <laughs> but, and, but Moffat and Russell T. Davies, Russell T. Davies especially, are also really of that era of television yep. writers. Um, but I, I do think we have started to get away from it. I think... The Doctor Who example is a really is a good example of it that says like actually maybe we can let these characters yeah be what happens happy. If, what happens if we give somebody a happy yeah. ending um, I, I I think a real turning point at least that I noticed was um, Parks and Recreation yes when they just let Ben and Leslie be together and be happy and so many storytelling opportunities opened up mm-hmm. um, but uh, so yeah. 
All that is to say, in the early 2000s, we had to be miserable when we yep. watched television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so get ready to be miserable, because we're about to get into it. Yeah. Uh, Should we and- check in with Wesley real quick? Oh, I was just going to say that oh. um, both Cordelia and Angel... Uh, like, Cordelia calls Angel. Yes. Um, Angel says... And Cordelia says, like, oh, I want to talk about something. It's like, oh, is it something serious? Like, depends on how you feel. And uh, let's meet at, like, this particular point. Yeah. Um, this which, romantic beach that which, I love. And also, I mean, remember, Connor has, like, super hearing. Um, so now... Uh, Angel is super excited. Um, he starts humming, and uh, and that's when Cor- that's when um, uh, not Cordelia. Uh, Fred says, "Oh, you sound happy." Then takes out a steak and starts poking with it, like, but not perfectly happy. <laughs> so it's it is funny though that you you had that little Freudian slip of saying Cordy first because this is the sort of bit Cordy would usually mm-hmm. get. <laughs> yeah, that is um, Fred. And, uh, and that's when, um, but Angel does like immediately think, oh, I, I need to go see somebody. And he, and Connor says, Cordelia. He's like, yeah, he's like, you should go. I like her. She's pretty. She's pretty. And, and, and Gunn and Fred are just like, yeah. So, so yeah, <laughs> it, it reminds me of, um, in civil, in, uh, Captain America Civil War when, um, Steve kisses Sharon Rogers, which not the greatest thing in the world. But, er, but the, no, no, Sharon Carter. Yes, Sharon Carter. Um, it, it's really funny <laughs> when um, his wh- name wh- is which, which isn't like the greatest love story ever. But I I love the shot of Sam and Bucky just like going yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what, really what's cool. especially what makes that scene work too, especially is the fact that the two of them have been bitching at each other. Yes. the entire scene previously. But yes. This, yeah, we're... <laughs> well, they they both love their boy. Yeah, um, uh, yes, they do. <laughs> Bucky real sure does. <laughs> if you know what I mean, you need to get off of Reddit every now and again. <laughs> uh, but so um, they both start driving towards this romantic destination. Meanwhile, we see uh, Wesley. Having sex with somebody. Surprise, surprise, it is Lila Morgan. Surprise, surprise. Um, and, uh, you know, when they're done, uh, Wes just tells her to get out. Yeah. And she's like, okay. Yeah. And then she says, uh, don't. She's like, uh, she says, don't confuse me with those doe eyed girls at Angel Investigation. I don't want, and don't think that this is anything more than it is. I don't want you thinking about me when I leave. And then Wesley drops the best burn of the series and say, I wasn't thinking about you when you were here. Oh my God. He says something rude to her before. And I don't remember what it was he says, but her response is something like, oh, careful. You insult me. It's going to get me hot again. But even that burn. I think he says, why are you still here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she like keeps trying to talk. And um, by the way, uh, Stephanie Romanoff has a beautiful back. <laughs> I, I, baby got back <laughs> in like the most literal sense of the of the back part. Um, no, she she even like I love when Lila's facade cracks a bit. Yeah, um, but it doesn't it seem her... like she's ever been flapped by Wes. Yeah, like she's been Angel's she's been normal. Her. Yeah, she's been. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's been normally unflappable around Wes, but even she like heard that and was like, "What?" <laughs> Damn. But I mean, I I think for her, what's so interesting there is like, you know, they've been trading barbs back and forth. I think she still assumes that she has the power of the relationship, uh-huh. yes. and um, and also. Uh, like, oh, I'm showing that power by not caring about you. But Wes is doing it so much better. Yeah. He, he, it's the first time he really gets the upper hand yeah. uh, in, their, in their back and forth. And, like, I don't think she's devastated by this. I don't think she's going to go cry about it and write in her diary over it. But she has that moment of, like, oh, <laughs> that stung a little more than I thought it <laughs> um, Stephanie Romanoff, she's so good. Yeah. And, um, and Alexis Denisov, their their chemistry is fucking fire. And you know they haven't had like they've only had these isolated scenes ever since um, Angel almost killed Wes in the hospital. Yeah. They've only had these isolated scenes, but it's really good. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into the last moments of this episode, and I feel like we should do them separately. Yeah. So let's start with Cordelia. Um, Cordelia is driving along. She's talking to herself, hyping herself up, but also like, you know, a little nervous, a little excited. And, uh, real quick, because it's going to become relevant. We did skip over her vision from earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Because, because it's stupid. (laughs) Yeah. So we've already had this scene where the Grusalog like says, don't you realize that you love Angel? And then we have a separate scene where Cordelia is talking to herself and it looks like, you know, she's just sitting there talking to herself, but then she's actually talking to herself and talking to a very poorly CGI'd image of herself Yeah, that is telling her like, go, go be happy girl. And, um, it's dumb. It's dumb. And it's it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. And then, and like the twist that it's. This com- it's part of this conversation that she's having with Skip in the future is dumb. It doesn't add anything to it. I mean, that was a bit of a spoiler, but... What? Wasn't it? No. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Because it's what the, what she sees in her vision is part of the conversation she ha- has on, oh, okay. on the highway with him. Okay. Never mind. I, I, I know what you mean. I... <laughs> Never mind. Uh, let's just say a lot of shit happens next season. Yeah. Um... But uh, anyway, so she's driving, and all of a sudden, girl starts to glow. Um, she pulls over, and all of the other... Basically, time just stops, and Skip appears, um, and he says that, uh, oh, I'm here because, like, uh, you know... And Cordelia realized this is the final test. Um, Skip says that she... Uh, the powers that be, you know, they put test after test to, out to her. She's held on to the visions... Um, even when they were killing her, she still chose them, even though she had a chance to pass them by, uh, to give them up for a normal life. And she also accepted becoming half demon. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so now she is going to ascend into, uh, becoming a higher being. And, um, but, uh, she says like, no, but I'm in love. And he's like, this trumps love. And, uh, Cordelia is pissed about it. But um, the way that, like, you know, Skip looks at her and the way that just Cordelia is, she realizes that this is the thing that she has to do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it's happening, like, right now. So she says, 
And so she says, like, what do I have to do? And Skip says, just say yes. And she's like, I already did. And she starts glowing again and then slowly rising up off of the ground into the sky. I hate it. It's... I, like, I believe that Courtney would say yes to this. Like, I do believe that as part of her character growth. But... I don't know. It's just a dumb place to take her story. It makes... Like, from like a character arc perspective, I'm just like, but why? But yeah. why is this the choice And honestly, made? it's... It's something that, like, doesn't become clear until you get more details about it in the next yeah. season. Um... But I also just feel no stakes in it. Yeah. Because I'm... It, it feels like something that just happens. Exactly. And like, and I'm not like, oh no, Cordy's gone. I'm like, all right, what when, happens when next? will she be back? Yeah. Like, like... Uh, but then we go to um, Angel trying to call um, Cordelia on his cell phone. He drops it. <laughs> that didn't make me laugh. Says he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> and I yelled, well, it's gone now. <laughs> Um, uh, Angel's difficulty with cell phones is one of my favorite running gags. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Angel decides to just wait for Cordelia. Uh, but then Connor shows up and uh, Angel's a little, like, surprised. And he's like, oh, I'm here to tell you, like, uh, you know, we're family. I'm here to show you how I feel about that. Fight ensues. Um, That's okay. It lo- yeah, it looks like Angel has the upper hand, but should have drowned him. Uh, chance. Connor, <laughs> Connor brought a, Connor brought both a taser and a knife to a fist fight, and uh, he tased him in the fucking face. He did. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty metal. Like, <laughs> I, I have to give it up where I have to give it up. Yeah, and um, and yeah, like he keeps trying to say like, uh, look, tell me why you're doing this, and um, you got to talk to me, but. Connor gains the upper hand thanks to said taser mm-hmm. and knife. Um, after he knifes Angel, uh, he sends out a signal with a flashlight to an awaiting boat in which Justine is on. Um, Angel kind of like comes to as uh, Connor is like, looks like he like strapped him down with like bar with um like rebar or yeah. something um, inside a solid uh, metal box. Um, and, uh, and he says, like, um, oh, are you gonna kill me? He's like, no, you're gonna live. Um, and, uh, he and Justine proceed to seal, um, this box shut. Um, Connor says, like, oh, I'm doing this because you killed my father. And it's like, what the Um, fuck? He's (laughs) like, no, I didn't. And, um, as the, as the box is being sealed, he's like, Connor, you know I'm your father. Um, but, uh, you know, Connor just doesn't care. And then... The box is sealed. He and Justine um, uh, then basically drop the box into the bay. Um, we see we see uh, Fred and Gunn in the hotel lobby. And they're like, you know, we haven't heard from anybody. Connor left. Lauren's not there. We need to, and Gunn tries to get a hold of, um, of Cordelia and Angel, but nobody's answering their phones. And... And for just like, where is everybody? And the season ends, the episode and season ends with a clever shot of Cordelia rising into the sky and disappearing and angels sinking to the bottom of the bay. I will say, I think the angel side of this is more successful. Yeah. 
um, as like if it weren't for the Cordy stuff happening and it was like it, it, the season ended with just Angel being you know this happening to Angel I actually would have felt that was a really effective ending but like yeah this juxtaposition of the ascension and descension is so on the nose so dumb and I'm really I really don't like it yeah it's like it's um and no offense to David Greenwald uh, but as he is the writer and director yeah. of this episode, sorry, buddy, you get this note, um, you get this criticism. Uh, he probably looked at it and thought, "This is so clever. This is going to be great." And it's and it just comes off as like, "Oh, wow, good job on that." And here's the thing: if the story had worked, if we had been leading to this, you know, if if we if we had earned this happening, then yes, I do think this juxtaposition and, and, would work and skip does try to say the like um oh yeah those glowy powers that you have um you've been using them well to heal connor and she's like oh yeah and one time i used them as a nightlight just once <laughs> charisma's delivery of that was so like yeah the, the, the like defensiveness of and only one time yeah like, but uh but, but yeah like they tried to make that seem important but yeah it's like it honestly it, just it felt like it came out of nowhere yeah like that that's kind of like all this stuff of like cordelia being half demon mm-hmm. that's how it's all felt like it's it's like the actual episode where she made that choice and all of that was really really effective but then everything that came after it was just it, it felt like they were just like oh and cordelia can do this now and, and cordelia can do this now and it's because she's a demon and, and as we've already said like mild spoilers like the next season its main story arc does build on this mm-hmm. mystery because if it seems like it comes out of nowhere, one, it does, but also you get more of an explanation of it in the next season. Yeah. But... It's not good. It's not good. Um, but yeah, that is us wrapping up um, the season finale, season three finale of Angel yeah. tomorrow. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're not <laughs> huge into it. Yeah. It's, it's it's funny because I feel like we came off of the episode being like, oh, that wasn't great, but it almost feels like we talked ourselves into disliking it even more. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a huge fan of it when we left. Yeah. Um, when we left it. Uh, I'm going to give it two stars. Yeah, that's where um, I was too. Two tuna fish ice cream sandwiches out of five. Um, it just... It... It feels like there should be more excitement. Um, like there's almost little to no action in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just feels like, you know, they try to go character heavy, but it doesn't it, it doesn't feel like it serves any of the characters well. Yeah. Um, I hate to use the phrase wet fart, but it, it just feels like such a letdown after some really high moments throughout season three. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't been high on the, on how the story has progressed since Connor returned from the hell dimension. And this kind of like is right in line with that. Yeah. Not great. I agree. I agree completely. It's, it's just such an anti-climax. Um, and, and yeah, it's just like this episode doesn't have a plot. Like if if you had to give a, like a one sentence log line of what this episode is about, I'd like some stuff happens. Like the characters do some things. There's not like so yeah. And, and Gun and Fred do absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean they're adorable, but yeah, they do they do nothing. They you have props in this episode. Yeah, you have like random shit happening. Like Linwood and Gavin show up, but then get 
blasted away like Team Rocket. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lila and Wes. It's about that's about the only yeah. worthwhile part of this episode, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's just two scenes. Yeah. And and I mean, and that is such a testament to one, those two actors, but also when a story is working, it works. Like and I, and, and it's like it, that storyline almost feels the most out of the blue not out of the blue in the way that like it's been developed but like it's isolated from everything it's else it's isolated from everything else and at the beginning of the season if you've been like oh yeah the best part of the season finale is gonna be the scene where Wesley and Lila hook up you'd be like what? <laughs> well honestly I was even thinking to myself like you think about how season 3 began with um, Angel trying to get over Buffy's death, mm-hmm. and uh, like by you know fighting a bunch of monks, <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, and you know Fred just like wondering, oh where, where's the handsome man who saved me, and uh, and now you like end it with um, Angel's grown up son dropping him into a bay, Cordelia like rising up into heaven, and. Uh, Oh yeah, and by the way, uh, like Wesley's hooking up with one of their enemies. Yeah. What a what a what what a, what? What a season, Mark. <laughs> um. So yeah, anything else to say about tomorrow? Not really. I feel like we're gonna have a lot more to talk about when we do our actual season wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's all I have to say about this episode. Not great. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back next week. Uh, hopefully <laughs> we have every intention uh with buffy season six episode 21 two to go yeah you guys remember out in the last episode warren got fucking flayed yeah. let's get back to that uh i'm, I'm legitimately like excited oh no like we've got some good buffy stuff coming up with with these next two episodes uh yeah oh i'm jason uh you can find me on instagram at yamaj357 that's also where I am on X. I post almost nothing there. Um, so uh, not even worth a follow. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever change my... Uh, change that in our uh, in our description? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, well, I should probably change it for the sake of the other Yami J. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you want to... Um, if you want to like... Uh, if you want to follow me on the socials, uh, Instagram's the way to go. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C O F F M A N. Don't don't yell at me. Don't yell social media app names at me. <laughs> um, you can find us, Booze and Buffy, as Harrison said earlier in a derogatory tone, um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at Booze and Buffy at gmail.com. What do you uh, and the and is spelled out A and D in all those circumstances. What did you think of this season finale? Um, do you want us? Are you mad that we haven't been recording as often as we should? So are we. <laughs> we literally, like Jason texted me a couple of days ago. He's like, "I'm so sorry." Like laundry list of reasons I've been MIA, and I was like, "Bro, I was literally about to text you the same exact <laughs> fucking thing." We it is scary how on the same wavelength we get I, sometimes. I, I think it's because we do this podcast. Yeah. Like our cycles have synced up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I need you to start having a better life pretty much immediately. 
I'm, tr- I'm always trying to have a better life. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we normally try to like uh, shout out uh, some worthy causes. Um, I feel that, uh, you know... We just like got out of a really bad cold snap in uh, mm-hmm. in uh, like not just our city of Louisville, Kentucky, but I'm pretty sure like the, the majority region. of the Midwest, yeah, um, had it really rough. We were and, in the single um, degrees, sometimes in the negatives. Yeah, and uh, and of course, like you know, the people who suffer the most from that are homeless people. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, like uh, I think an obvious don- like way to like send donations is just send some money to. Uh, homeless shelters um and also to uh you know post awareness about like bills that are basically targeting homeless people mm-hmm. um i believe one of those is happening in kentucky right now very much is um essentially criminalizing being unhoused it's yeah. really fucked up it is um and yeah like you know homeless people's lives are bad enough like we can't make their lives any worse mm-hmm. um like they need help yeah. so um and again like probably as i said before um the best donation you can give to food banks and homeless shelters is cash yeah like they'll like you can send canned goods but they'll know like yeah. they know the best ways to get food and the yep. best way to utilize money so yep. um yeah like help out your fellow person yeah as always go slay and be gay bye bye